Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP sends her harasser to jail for 12 years. Our next Reddit post is from Navi the Chemist. Alright, so my friend, let's call him Jay, is a senior in high school working at a photography studio. Jay is often scheduled 13-hour shifts without a food break at his job, which he doesn't mind because it's good money and he's a hard worker. This becomes important later on. Jay came home from work on Wednesday, and he was told by his mom that his grandmother is on the last leg of her life, and that they're going to see her for what will probably be the last time before she dies that upcoming Saturday. So that's three days away. Unfortunately, Jay's work schedule was already posted, and he was scheduled to work all day that Saturday. So Jay did what any good employee would do. He messaged his manager explaining the situation, and he said that he needs someone to cover his shift that Saturday because he won't be coming in. The manager just gave him a list of people who weren't working that day for him to text and ask him if they could pick up his shift. Jay sent messages to all of them, and he was told by every single employee that day that they're busy on Saturday and they can't work. So, Jay reached back out to his manager to let him know that he couldn't get his shift covered. Jay is then told by his manager that if he doesn't come in that day, he'll be fired. When Jay said that this will most likely be the last time that he ever sees his grandma alive, his manager says, I do not care, and you had better come into work on Saturday. This is where Jay's revenge begins. Jay didn't take so well to being told by his manager that she didn't care at all about his grandma dying. So he decided to make a little phone call to HR. Remember those 13-hour shifts that Jay works without breaks? Well, Jay is 17 years old, and in his state, people under the age of 18 can't work more than 9 hours consecutively, especially without a break. Jay explains all of this to HR on top of the situation concerning his grandma. Jay also put in his two weeks notice. HR told Jay that they'll follow up with him soon and that something would be done about all this. That Friday, Jay came into work and his manager was gone, replaced by a new manager from another store. The new manager also asked Jay if he would now consider staying on, and he agreed to it. So now Jay is still employed and much happier, and his manager is without a job. After Jay finished texting me all this, he added, Don't mess with me, and I won't mess with you. Down in the comments, Larry Coconut points out just how big of a deal this is. Former manager at a retail grocer here. A quick way to have the state down your neck and up your rear at the same time is to ignore labor laws when minors are involved. Thousands of dollars of fines can be handed out for missing a single 15-minute break for one person. Our store policy was to write up every manager on the shift whenever this violation occurred. So, yeah, I can definitely see them firing someone over that. Then, Dark Thor's Dickie says, Can confirm. As a 15-year-old, a manager made me work a few minutes over what I legally could, and it cost my store a few thousand dollars in fines. Our next Reddit post is from eGrant. So, about eight years ago, I was selling a used car. The engine light was on, the AC needed recharging, and the fuel pump, or something, was out. So I go to my local trusted sales site. My ad goes up with a few pictures and the words, I work weird hours, so I may not be able to accept a phone call. Please only text me. Yay to working swing at midnight shift, right? So a few days later, I get a pretty standard text. Hi, I'm Matt. Is your car still for sale? I text back that it is. 
I send a few standard texts about price, why the engine light is on, who'd you get the quote from, etc. The next day I got a text from him saying, Are you going to take all your garbage out of your car before you sell it to me, or is that my job? Unwarranted hostility? Really? He's not the only interested party, so I text him back. I'm not selling the car to you, so don't worry about it. I never said that I would sell it to him. He never asked if he was the only interested party, and others were arranging test drives already. I didn't need him, his less than full price offer, and his partial commitment. Also, all that junk that he was complaining about was three textbooks and a bag that I keep clothes in, so four things. This guy did not take no for an answer and started calling and texting me about how my car's paint is peeling. Which, yeah, is true, but the pictures of the car in the description already share that information. He said, how dare you ask for so much money for such a piece of garbage car? For clarity, I was only asking for $1,000. I started replying to him, telling him that he was not going to get the car, that I had other interested buyers, so he didn't have to worry about it. Then things got personal. The website that I was using to sell my car gave me the option to link to Facebook so you could post to both places at the same time. I had done that. I didn't have my privacy settings turned down because it was so early in Facebook's career and I actually trusted them at the time. Silly me, I know. I hadn't anticipated that he would be able to find my info through the website's post, find my name, location, pictures of my kid, my mother-in-law's obituary, etc. He really surprised me. He starts texting me about how I should be ashamed of myself for saying no to him, a muscular dude, and me just being a round female. He sent me a picture of himself, and he wasn't the muscular built man that he claimed to be. He looked like a beanpole with two ab muscles, so what the hell, dude? He asked me if I even knew anything about cars, or if I made the post while on my period, so I didn't know what I was talking about. He texted that I should feel lucky that I was already married, or else he would come to my house and show you how a real man handles a B-word. Small side note. Since I was in college at the time and needed a more flexible schedule, I worked as a school crossing guard. Every two weeks or so, we'd have to go into the office to sign our time cards and get paid. This crossing guard gig was hired through my local police department, so that's where I had to go to get my paycheck. During one of these visits to the police station, I was using my phone while I was waiting for my boss to get to me. I hadn't yet blocked this dude because he had just started and I was hoping that he would just fizzle out. While I was waiting in line, I checked my phone for the first time all day and what I saw on my phone drove me over the cliff. That guy had started texting me pictures that I had posted on Facebook of my 8-year-old son. He had just majorly crossed the line. The cleanest version of his text messages included things like, Your kid is just as ugly as you are. I hope you don't plan on him leaving home to get a wife anytime soon. He also sent a text about how a smudge of dirt on my kid's face from a day at the zoo looked like I beat him. So I didn't sell this dude a car, and he responded by threatening to sexually assault me and accused me of beating my kid? Oh, hell no. Apparently I was pretty loud when I said that, because my boss stepped right over to me to ask me what was wrong. She's a great person, 10 out of 10, would boss again. I told my boss that I was getting abusive texts from this random guy that tried to buy my car. I told her I was about to erase the text and block him and she's like, No, no, wait, don't do that. Let me see your phone. I'm so happy that I didn't delete those messages because this next part still makes my heart sore. 
My boss takes my phone and she reads through all the sick, vile things that he's texted me. She tells me to wait until she finishes processing everyone in line, so I do so. She then takes my phone and tells me to follow her behind the security doors at the police station. I don't know what's happening, but I liked and trusted my boss, so I follow her. We go to her back office where she gets on a computer and occasionally checks my phone. She asks me if all I have is his phone number or if I got his name too. I only got the guy's first name and I scroll to the text message where he introduced himself. Sometime later, she hands me back my phone. Something I should mention is that my boss isn't just an administrator. I didn't know it at the time, but she's a full-on lieutenant in the local police station. She climbed up the ranks from patrol, moving to a position where she exclusively investigated child, elder, and disabled abuse complaints before moving to her current desk position. Needless to say, she did not take people threatening harm to kids lightly. Because I hadn't blocked the number, I still had the text message with the dude's name, and she used that information to cross-search him with the phone number. Long story short, my boss found out exactly who he was. My boss said, don't worry, but don't delete or respond to his text anymore. I've got this covered. If it gets worse, call either me or 911 as appropriate right away. Unconcerned and happy that she had the situation in hand, I left to go to class. Two weeks later, when I was back at the police station to sign my next time card, I had several unread texts from this guy. I had filtered them, so I didn't see them pop up and I hadn't read them. By then, I'd already sold my car and I'd all but forgotten about the entire situation. My boss told me to wait for her again because she had something else for me to sign and I once again followed her to her back office. She briefly explained that what she needed me to sign was an actionable complaint from my issue two weeks ago. I must have made a face at that because she told me not to worry and that she can tell me more about what's going on after I actually sign the form. So I do. Dear Reddit, this is the best situation that anyone could have asked for. Between the phone number and the name, my boss was able to find out who was messing with me. She pulled up his driver's license, which led to an address, which led to a police report for possible domestic violence. My boss went down the rabbit hole some more and found out this dude had five kids by four women. And he was behind in child support in all of them. This guy hadn't been paying child support for over 10 years and he now owed $50,000. But strangely, just two weeks ago, this guy requested a title transfer for a quite fancy old car. I don't remember the kind of car, but thank high-end car show with massive insurance premiums. Since this guy was so far behind in his child support, my boss was able to place a seizure order on the car so it could be sold to pay back the child support. One of the baby's mamas lived in a state where fleeing child support meant that you could have a warrant issued for your arrest. When my boss called the interested parties in that state to see if they wanted her to execute the arrest warrant, they said, yes, please. One conversation later, my boss was able to determine this guy was using his brother's social security number on his employment forms to avoid child support garnishments. This is all sorts of illegal, so my boss notified this guy's HR department so that it could be corrected. They informed her that he would be fired for fraudulently submitting false documents. My boss then told me that four days ago, she had executed the warrant on this dude for felony child abandonment and cops from the other state were already on route to pick him up. Altogether, his crimes carried an 8-12 to year sentence, and he still had to pay all his child support. I could have dealt with his criticisms, I could have dealt with him not taking no for an answer, and I could have even dealt with the cyberstalking. 
But when this guy's twisted mind thinks that it's okay to bring my kid in the picture, then you've crossed a line. If the guy had just stopped at no, then he wouldn't be in jail right now. So this guy doesn't pay child support for four different kids, and he threatens little kids over a car? Cool. OP, it sounds like you and your boss did Planet Earth a huge favor on this one. Our next Reddit post is from Op. My employer decided to convert all of our records from paper to digital. There were three immediate problems. Our company wasn't going to buy a generic system, but instead develop our own unique, tailored system. They were going to do this cheaply, and the guy in charge, let's call him genius, always, and I mean always, thought that he was the smartest guy in the room. Believe me, he wasn't. Anyway, one of the girls I worked with took on the project on the condition that she could have the next July off for her wedding and honeymoon. She worked hard on it, and the project was actually making progress. One of her duties was passwords, none of which could be written down anywhere because, according to Genius, that would be bad. She periodically reminded Genius about her upcoming July wedding, and he told her that it'd be fine, but he never signed off on the paperwork. By May, the project was way behind, mainly because Genius told management that he could do everything in-house at negligible costs. Also, Genius kept changing the design every time he read a new magazine article about IT. My friend, who at that point was six weeks away from her wedding, was told that her wedding vacation leave was cancelled. Genius said that his project took priority and she would just have to reschedule her wedding, honeymoon, the works. Genius just couldn't see that this might be a problem. So my coworker did her job. She updated the passwords as required, never recorded them anywhere as required, and then resigned without notice the last day of June. On her honeymoon, she got a frantic call from Genius demanding all the passwords. Sorry, I don't work there anymore. Click. That's why, a decade later, our company has a few hundred electronic case files that we still can't access. Our next Reddit post is from Amisa. I like to think that I'm a patient man. I'm hard to anger, and my coworkers say they haven't seen me angry in the two years they've known me. I have firm boundaries, and as long as you don't cross those boundaries, I can let anything go. One of my boundaries is don't mess with my cat. This story is about two of my coworkers, and it happened in the winter of 2013. So I worked at a veterinary hospital as a vet tech. Coworker one, Amy, is a kennel attendant. Coworker two, Lisa, is the kennel lead. Amy's the one who comes in to take care of the animals, and Lisa is in charge of overseeing everything related to boarding and kennels. Both Amy and Lisa crossed my very simple boundary. I went on vacation one Christmas, and while I was gone, I boarded my cat at work. One of the perks of my job is that we get free boarding. I trusted that my coworkers would take care of my cat, even though that weekend is one of the top two busiest weekends of the year. So I set up my cat in his cage the night before I leave. He's a shy boy, so I set up a tent with very distinct blankets. I kiss him goodbye and I'm on my way. I enjoy six days of Christmas with my family and then come back to work. It's late when I get back, so the hospital's already closed and everyone has gone home. We all have a key, so I swing by because I miss my cat and I want to take him home. What I'm greeted by when I get to my cat is urine-soaked blankets, old, desiccated pieces of feces that have been smeared on the wall, and a very stressed-out cat who smells like pee. We're talking six days of filth. 
As far as I could tell, the only things Lisa and Amy did were put in more food and change the litter box. I saw red. Amy was scheduled to take care of the animals that holiday. Lisa had been there three different days that I was gone, including the last two. Figuring out how to destroy those two people became the only thing that I thought about. I was scheduled to work the next day, and Amy was there. I didn't look at her all day because it was the only way that I could control my emotions. My blood is still boiling thinking about my precious boy who I had to bathe the night before. The sight of Amy makes that primal part of my brain reserved for beating the stuffing out of things start to burn and she makes my muscles tense. Now, some important backstory here is that Amy is kind of terrible at her job. We were kind of friends because she was the only person who treated me decently when I first started. Whenever I found something that she messed up, I would silently complain to myself, but I'd fix it. She did stuff that deserved a write-up on a regular basis. I never said anything about Amy's screw-ups because Lisa was already aware of them, so I figured, eh, not my business. I decided against violence, and I figured that I'd let my manager handle it. At first, I just told my manager about the condition of my cat and I kept the rest to myself. He agreed that it was unacceptable and said that he talked to her. She denied everything and said that she'd change my cat's bidding every night and that he just didn't pee inside the litter box. Basically, Amy lied to my manager's face without batting an eye, saying that I lied to my manager. I gave Amy the chance to own up to it because that would have been punishment enough. My manager told me what Amy said, and her blatant BS poked the dragon that was already awake and pissed. I told my manager that Amy is effing lying. I work in the kennel too, so I know when she's lying. Plus, I know my cat's bathroom habits. My manager believes me, and I not so subtly point out that if Amy's been pulling this on employees' pets, then what has she been doing to actual customers' pets? My manager thought that was a good point, and he asked me to keep an eye out for mistakes and let him know what I find. The next day, I was working the kennel without Amy, and I began to document every single thing that she did incorrectly. Remember how I said that she was terrible at her job? Well, she left me a treasure trove of garbage to dig up. To name just a few, every single animal's cage was filthy, as in multiple days of filth. Two dogs had their medication switched for the whole week, and there were copious amounts of dog feces left in the yard. That's a big no-no, because it spreads parasites and diseases. And on top of all that, not even her documentation and charges were entered correctly. It was a train wreck that took me the whole morning to get back to an acceptable condition. There was enough material here to get her fired, even if she had been perfect before, but she had already been disciplined several times before. I gather all the evidence and bring it to my manager, who was horrified. He said that he would set up a meeting with me, Amy, and Lisa to discuss everything. He encouraged me to hold my temper and call them out on their BS at the meeting. Until then, I hadn't even considered that Lisa was also complicit in this story, but I immediately realized that I had two enemies here. Lisa wasn't as horrible at his job as Amy was. Lisa was old as hell and in a demanding physical labor position. I figured that what Lisa had coming would be enough, so I could aim everything that I had at Amy. What's the human equivalent of shooting fish in a barrel? Because this girl had already dug herself in so much of a hole that it was incredible she wasn't fired already. She wasn't doing her job, and it turns out that she was stealing clients from the clinic by offering to pets it for cheaper instead of offering boarding. 
This was explicitly against our contract and was completely fireable. Amy had also been leaving her shifts 30 minutes early, and I knew all of this. The day of the meeting rolls around, and Amy and Lisa were blissfully unaware when the manager called them into his office. We all sit down together, and the manager begins to explain what the meeting is about. My manager was a freaking boss because we had prearranged to give Amy one more chance to own up to my face before I dug up all of her dirt. My manager asked me how far I wanted to take it, and I told him that I had a lot of dirt. Let's let Amy dig a deeper hole first so I can use all of it. Amy denied it, of course, and swore up and down that she had taken care of my poor cat properly. I graciously gave her the benefit of the doubt, saying, Okay, I believe you did clean like you say, but then how did you miss these dried up pieces of cat feces? She said my cat must have been dehydrated. I say, oh, well, you documented in your files that he'd been drinking well all week. Why would he be dehydrated? She says that it must have been from the last day. Amy just wouldn't admit it, so I give my manager the look and he tells her, okay, so you took care of the cat, but what about all this? Then my manager pulled out the stack of evidence that I'd collected. Amy's face went white. Lisa had been silent up to this point, but she started trying to apologize on Amy's behalf, saying that it was a busy week and sometimes things slipped through the cracks. I called them out on their BS, saying that I had been able to handle that many animals on my own and to a higher degree of cleanliness than the two of them could together, so this was not a valid excuse. I went over every single sin that Amy and Lisa had committed over the past three days individually and in-depth, with discussion about each one before moving on. As we worked through the stack, my manager wrote up Amy for every single offense that warranted it. By the end of the stack, Amy had six write-ups, and three is enough to get you fired. Amy was sobbing, saying that she couldn't afford her kid's daycare if she didn't have that job. My manager very pointedly told her that he had never seen someone with such terrible job performance in 30 years. And if she were really worried about her kids, then she would have done her job better. Lisa was written up and she was removed from her lead position and Amy was given the opportunity to quit before she was fired. The end. Ha, no it isn't. This is r slash pro revenge, not r slash the girl got fired. Oh no, there's so much more. Remember how Amy had been stealing clients from the clinic? She had built up quite a large client base and she told me some weeks before that she was about to quit her job and pets it full time because she hated her job so much. Plus, when she returned her key after quitting, she made sure I knew that all of her crying was fake and that she had been planning to put in her two weeks notice anyways. At the clinic, we still saw all of those clients that Amy had poached and plenty of them asked what happened to Amy. My manager told everyone that we should just tell them the truth. Over the next few months, we saw so many customers' faces twist into expressions of disgust, contempt, betrayal, and worry when we told them why Amy was no longer working there and why they should reconsider letting her watch their pets. We told this to literally dozens of people. Anyone who's tried to pet sit for a living before knows how hard it is to build a client base. Amy had a decent client base, which we absolutely destroyed. After a while, she texted me, saying that I was a piece of garbage who was destroying her and her kid's life, and she couldn't afford daycare anymore. 
she went from two or three pet sitting gigs a week, about 300 bucks a week, to maybe one a month. I told her to go F herself and I blocked her number, and I haven't heard from her since. Do not f*** with my cat. What's so ironic about this story is that this woman would take in someone else's animal and then give that animal substandard care. Meanwhile, she would give her own child to someone else to care for, and presumably, she would expect that person to give her kid excellent care. So, not only was she terrible at her job, not only was she an animal abuser, but on top of all that, she was also a complete hypocrite. I don't blame you in the slightest, OP. If someone did that to my dog, I would be on the warpath. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.